Welcome to the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast with me, Jonah. I'm a kid who loves sports. I can talk about sports every day, all day. Think you can handle that? Then stick around for today's show. My guest today is Mike Motto, former NHL defenseman for the Boston Bruins, Florida Panthers, New York Rangers, New Jersey Devils, and Calgary Flames. He will be on with us to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs. But first, let's jump into some news. The NBA playoffs are coming to an end. The Boston Celtics have outlasted the Miami Heat in Game 7 and are going to the finals to play against Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. This will be a good one to watch because the Defensive Player of the Year and Marcus Smart is going to be guarding one of the best scorers in the current NBA, Steph Curry. This matchup between these two players will have everyone watching. Go Celtics! In other news, the NHL playoffs are also coming to a close, and the next team to lift the Stanley Cup will be known shortly. In the West region, it will either be the Colorado Avalanche or the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton has a slight advantage because they have an amazing puck handler and goal scorer in Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid is one of the best hockey players there is in this current era. Connor McDavid and the Oilers were always so close to the Western Conference Finals, and now they're here to prove that they belong. Even though the Avalanche are one up in the series, beating the Oilers 8-6, to the Oilers still have a chance. But on the other side of things, the New York Rangers demolished and torn apart the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 1. They beat them 6-2. to Now the Rangers look like the team to beat. Well, strange news alert. The Josh fight is back. If you have not listened to the previous episodes, I've talked about the Josh fight number one. The Josh fight is where a bunch of people named Josh from all around the country come together and fight with pool noodles to determine who is the best Josh. Last year, a five-year-old named Josh won it all. And this year, on May 27th, 2022, Josh, the five-year-old, won it again. He has beaten out 35-year-old Joshes, 27-year-old Joshes, and even 40-year-old Joshes. He is the returning champion. And he is known as the best Josh to ever live. And our second special strange news, baseball slaps. Tommy Pham from the San Diego Padres Slap Jock Peterson from the San Francisco Giants last week. Fam slapped Peterson because of a cheating scandal in the Fantasy Football League. Peterson confirmed the scandal and showed reporters pictures of the Fantasy Football League. Even more bizarre, Mike Trout is the commissioner and he says, I don't think I'll be commissioner anymore. I think this is so funny because it's fantasy football, which almost every kid plays. 
and these two grown men have just argued and slapped each other because of it. I heard of a slap hitter, but this went too far. Now it is time for Unscripted 2.0. Gabriel joins me as we dish El Fuego. Hot takes left and right. No subject is off limits. The first question is, Rafael Nadal won his record 22nd Grand Slam title, including 14 at the French Open alone. Is he the greatest of his generation? As much as I like Rafael Nadal, I do not believe he's the greatest tennis player of the generation. I believe that title goes to Roger Federer. You all right. Roger Federer is a great player. But Nadal just won his 14th French Open title. That is crazy. I think he does deserve to pass Federer and be the greatest of his generation. Next up, the Yankees are off to a blistering start posting the best record seen in years at the opening of a season. Are they for real? No, even though the Yankees are having a great start. Baseball is such a long season. Every team has its ups and downs. The Yankees just have not had their downs yet, but it will happen. I have to disagree with you. I think this Yankees team is for real. I don't think they're going to win a World Series, but I still think they are a great team and they are not going to fall off. The next question is... The Live Golf Tour has stirred up controversy, trying to compete with the PGA Tour. Players like Dustin Johnson, who decide to play in Live events, are no longer able to play in PGA events, and possibly the majors. Should players leave behind the history and glory of the PGA Tour to chase the dollars offered by this new one? No. The players should pick the PGA. I think... They should not risk not being able to play at Augusta, let a big major that everybody watches, just for some money. I think you should play in the PGA, not the live. I disagree with you. I think that the players should have an option to play at both. Even though I don't feel comfortable with the money coming from Saudi Arabia, I still believe the players should have an option to play for the live Super League. As not every player is going to be able to make as much money as Tiger Woods or even Scotty Scheffler this year. And our last question is... The Butler did it. Jimmy Butler took the last shot in the Heat's Game 7 loss. Was that three the right move? Well, I don't think that three was the right move, as I think Jimmy Butler should have drove in, but I also don't believe that the, that, that shot was necessary at all. As the refs overturned, a clean three-point shot by Max Juice, which he was inbounds, inbounds, and then they turned it over minutes later when it was there was no definite conclusion that he was out of bounds. We're not talking about this. We're talking about the shot. Doesn't matter what happened, pass, second quarter, whatever. They still were in that situation. He should not have driven in because Al Holford was there. Al Holford's career was on the line. He had never been to the finals, and he was there to ruin it for the Heat. He blocked so many shots that series, he had the confidence. Jimmy should have shot it, but maybe an 18-footer. That's his game. And a bonus question. It's grilling season. What's the best food to grill in the summertime? Ribs! Uh, the best food to grill is in the summertime is hamburgers. 
doesn't matter what kind of bur burgers. They could be impossible or they could just be regular. But those are always the best barbecue backyard food. Beef ribs are the best kind of barbecue during the summertime. They destroy burgers, so you are definitely wrong. And that does it for Unscripted 2.0. We are lucky to have back our main man on the ice, former NHL defenseman for 14 years and Hobie Baker Award winner, Mike Motto. Hey, Mike, it's good to see you. Thanks for having me, Jonah. Good to see you again as well. How have you been, and what are you uh, up to during these playoffs? Well, I was able to go down to the NHL Network and uh, do some analyst work with the NHL Network during the uh, second round of the playoffs. So it's been uh, it's been great to to watch all this great hockey. Uh, if you're a hockey fan, this is the best time to to be uh, watching the games, and it's just been uh, a lot of storylines and a lot of great hockey being played. So it's been fun. What have you thought about the high scoring? Like the Oilers lost eight to six against the Avalanche. So how do you like see that as a defenseman uh, with high scoring? Well, you know, it, it's interesting because usually playoff games are a little more tightly checked uh, all over the ice, but it shows how, how much skill there is out there on, on some of these teams and they're able to really explode offensively. But I would, um, I would venture a guess to say that the coaches weren't really pleased and the goaltenders will step it up a little bit more uh, in game two in that series. It'll be a little bit uh, tighter checking, defensive. But for a defenseman, you know, if you're on the, on the positive side of it, it's, uh, it's fun to get some points and be on the ice for goals for. But when it's going against you, it's very difficult. But those two teams have some high-powered offenses and uh, they're going to get their chances. So speaking of the Oilers, Connor McDavid is the next great one. Where do you rank him right now in the Hall of Ho Hall of Hockey Legends? Well, he's playing at an extremely high level right now. It's like I was saying earlier about being a hockey fan and, and tuning in. Uh, I'm just so excited to watch him because he just does everything. He's doing everything so well. He's even defending as well, you know, uh, better than he has in the past. His complete game is really uh, come around, but what he does with the, uh, with the puck and offensively, you know, I played with some of those D that he's playing against and I know them well, and some of them are all stars. He's making them look very pedestrian. And that's, <laughs> that's something pretty cool to see as a hockey fan. And it just shows you how good he is. Uh, I rank him up there with uh, some of the all time grades, and especially with the performances that he's been putting on and the points he's putting up. He's, uh, he's, he's ranking up there uh, all the time. So from going to, to a high, let's go to a low. The Florida Panthers got knocked out early in the second round, got swept by the Lightning. Why do you think that is? Because they had they had a great regular season. Why did they get knocked out so early? Well, kind of what we were talking about before, about the tight checking uh, style of game that usually – that you see in these playoffs, they never played it during the regular season. They were the comeback cats for a reason. They could fall behind. And, um, you know, they relied on their offense to, to bail them out of situations instead of playing the game the right way in certain areas of the ice, you know, managing the puck, just kind of limiting the team's chances. So when it comes playoff time and you go up against the Tampa Bay, who has been there and done that before, um, 
you know, really exposed their weaknesses. Um, you know, they played awesome in that last game, but, you know, they need to play that way right from the beginning. Okay. So let's talk about, so we talked about the lightning destroying the cats. Now the Rangers just took apart them in game one yesterday, winning six to two. Um, was it rust from uh, not playing in nine days or, or did they figure out something? And that's a great question. Um, you know, the, the topic would be rest uh, versus rust. And I believe in my opinion, that Tampa was just rusty and New York was coming in extremely well oiled in that, you know, killer instinct mode. And I think Tampa is going to just be fine. They're not worried too much. They're playing very loose. They have the Stanley Cups under their belt. Mm-hmm. You know, the bulk of them do. So they know what it takes to win. That was just a, a minor hiccup. Get their legs going again. And uh, I think that's going to be a long series. But New York has been playing well and they jumped on them when they were a little rusty. So that was great. Uh, great to see for them. But as far as a, a series, I think it's going to go long. Okay. So you said you're watching a lot of these games. It's kind of exciting on both ways. Um, so does it bring back some memories and what's and what stands out from your playoff experience? Well, coming out into a building, whether it be home or away with a packed stadium for warmups, it's pretty cool. And then the national anthem, you get these chills and it's really cool. I get to see, I'm watching it. I know what those guys are going through. But it's really about controlling the emotions and being able to play uh, your game right away. Um, and, you know, like we mentioned before, those it, you, you're going to get everyone's best shift. So mm-hmm. if I was defending, I'm going to try and defend Alex Ovechkin the best I can, and then I'll have layers of support. You know, right. so everyone's in, in the mode of, of really defending well and then making those plays. That's why it's been very interesting to see all those goals. Like you mentioned earlier, it was like, you know, you usually don't see those because everyone's really focused on the defensive side of the puck before offense, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the playoffs. But yeah, the, I had some great memories, um, you know, played in a few game sevens and, um, you know, it's just a great time to be a fan, but, you know, it also does bring back those memories where I was playing and, you know, you miss it. If you're on a, you know, you, you miss it when you're done playing. So, but it's fun to be a fan. So like you, you just said, you played in some of those game sevens. Were you nervous? Because it was like you didn't have any backup. It was the last game. Really, I played in thousands of, thousands of them in my driveway, playing street hockey and on the pond, game seven. I'm scoring the game-winning goal. So I always thought about that. I'm like, hey, you know what? You've done this before. I'm like, as a little kid, you, know, you, get, you just get that first bump in there. You just get a little bump, get the, the uh, touch of a puck make a play, defend, you know, get that first shift out of the way. And then you kind of settle into what you, uh, mm-hmm. what you do well. And that's the other thing is a lot of guys sometimes try to do too much, but if you play to your strengths and, and what you are good at, um, you know, throughout the regular season and just do it the best you can, then you'll be much better. But it, once guys start trying to play outside of their uh, skill sets and their comfort zone, that's when mistakes happen. And, and that's what uh, has happened throughout the playoffs. Well, what I've kind of seen throughout what I've been watching is injuries are a big part of this playoffs, uh, but they've, they've really changed everything. The Rangers, Jacob Truba knocked out Cindy Crosby for part of their series against the Penguins, which led the Rangers winning in Game 7. Then he took out Seth Jarvis in Game 7 against the Hurricanes. The Canes goalie got injured in the second period. 
which hurt them, which devastated their comeback. So what do you make of those hits and injuries? And how do you handle it when you hit hurt someone to the point that they cannot play? Well, it's a physical game and the, the physicality ramps up a little bit more in the playoffs. But I don't think, you know, there was a debate on whether Trubers hit on Crosby was, you know, somewhat um, out of bounds. But I, I feel like he's a big, strong physical defenseman. And that's what he he plays to. Like we were saying that that his skill set is to play hard defensively, hard physically. And he had some great hits against Domi as well. Um, you know, it sets the tone for the for the group. And, um, you know, you have to be able to overcome injuries as a group. So it's always like the next guy up. Someone has to play up, a, you know, a, a role uh, or a line or someone has to be inserted into the lineup. And that gives guys opportunities. And, you, can, you know, a lot of guys kind of can make their career by coming in and playing well in the playoffs. Um, but that is something that is a real factor. And, you know, for me, when you, I, I would get hit, you know, like it's, it's part of the game, you know, you have to uh, be able to absorb a hit just as much as you uh, have to give a hit. So it's just definitely part of the game. And that physicality is, is ramped up. Like I said, all uh, like another couple notches in the playoffs, like so, guys that don't hit usually, are usually finishing their checks a little bit more. And so there's just a little bit less ISO there. So as if one of your teammates got hit or you got hit, uh, did some of your teammates or you like want to take revenge on that player because of what they did? Like if you thought it was like out of bounds or I guess against the rules, would you want to take revenge basically? You know what? That's a, a good question because there's so much emotion that comes into it. And you want to make it right. You want to make sure that he knows that he, he wronged one of your teammates, one of your buddies. But ultimately, the, the goal is to win. And if you start taking, you know, a liberty the other way, you could end up in the penalty box and then they could score. So you have to have a kind of a big picture mentality. Um, and that's difficult to do because of the motion that comes into it especially if, you know, one of your teammates gets injured and, and can't perform. So uh, it's a very tough balancing act. You want to maintain that emotion, but you also want to maintain that discipline. So I think there's spots where you can take a shot at a guy um, or someone can, you know, take a run at someone or maybe uh, or, or offer him out to, to dance and fight a little bit. But uh, more <laughs> often than not, cooler heads prevail. And, uh, and you know, the, the, the team goals are, are really what is the most important. To say, um, what was your record with fighting? My, I had, uh, I had a bunch in the minors, and then I don't know, maybe like a handful in the uh, NHL. Um, I never got beat up, but it was a lot of draws. I would mm -hmm. say, you know, a lot of ties, and yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's a pretty uh, big thrill when you drop the gloves and <laughs> you know. Yeah. Throwing, uh, throwing knuckles, you know, and I would do it, you know, for those reasons, meaning like, you know, it's emotional or something happens to my goalie, my team teammate or someone did something to me. So, um, but it's part of the game. And I think it's, it's a great part of the game as long as it's done correctly. Who was the toughest guy you fought? I fought, uh, kid Sean Avery from the, the Rangers a couple of times. Um, Actually, Mike Comrie was a skilled player. He was he was actually a tough little guy uh, from the <laughs> Islanders back then. And then uh, a couple more. The Randy Jones was a big defenseman. Um, yeah, so 
I, I would say Avery because he was uh, probably the most skilled at what he was doing. He was like a pest out there and, and knew how to handle himself. Okay. So earlier we talked about, so the announcers like to say that playoff hockey is different from regular season hockey. Tell us about that difference. The good teams went through this little lull and then they kind of turned it on. And that's like a veteran group that knows how to do it. It's not recommended because it's not like a switch that you can flip on and all of a sudden have that intensity uh, kind of ramped up. But um, it everything does just happen a little quicker. And you know, we were saying about, you know, the physicality, you know, gets going. So you have to be able to manage it. And it is just another game, but you just have to be sharp and you have to be really focused on what you're doing shift after shift. If you take one shift off, it could mean the difference in a game. So just that mental focus and that preparation and then the physical execution is really uh, the most important thing, doing it at a high level quick and uh, on time. So as far as butterflies, you know, it's the excitement, you know, you know, those, those things, uh, that's what makes it, makes it fun though, too. So um, yeah, the, the playoff playoffs was, were great as a, as a player. So now it's time for some predictions. Who do you think will be in the finals and who do you think will lift the cup? I mean, it's tough to, to bet against Colorado, but I have a feeling Edmonton's going to figure it out and upset Colorado and Tampa's going to beat the Rangers and Tampa's actually going to win the cup for the third time. <laughs> I know you don't want to hear it, but that's no. what I'm seeing. You have some great insight into the uh, the playoffs. And uh, what are your predictions? That's what I want to ask you. I got the Rangers and Oilers. I think Connor McDavid will shine against Colorado, but I still think Rangers goaltending will stop them. So I'm going to have Rangers in six. All right. You're endearing yourself to the uh, metropolitan area, all those fans, those crazy fans. Yes. Good fans, they act, but they they're doing a great job. That Rangers team is fun to watch as well. But we'll see how it plays out. Thank you, Mike, for taking the time to join the show. As always, you're no, you're our number one star on the ice, and enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Thank you very much, Jonah. Keep up the great work. Take care. What would sports talk be without lists? Bubkis. So here is my list of the day. Top five stadium nicknames in college football. Number five, the Swamp. The Gators have a cool stadium name, but it reflects how they play football. They stink like a swamp. Number four, the UCF Stadium, the Bounce House. I would not want to be sitting in a stadium called the Bounce House because you literally bounce and shake the stands when you jump. Number three, the Buckeye Stadium, the Horseshoe. I don't like the team, but it is a cool architecture design. Number two, the Big House. Michigan plays big or goes home. And my number one is Death Valley. The name is already intimidating, and playing the LSU Tigers is even worse. Well... That does it, folks, for the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast. Check out our next episode when it drops. Until then, see ya!
Follow the show on Insta at Little Man Big Mouth Show and subscribe to future episodes on your favorite podcast providers. The Little Man Big Mouth Podcast is an exclusive creation of Hefeweizen Podcast Productions.